0: Welcome back to another episode of the Listen In Podcast. We are up to episode 96. You are here with your two hosts, Jake and Sean. We have a packed episode for you. Well, not really packed, Jake, but I think we have a lot of big topics to cover. We're, we're talking about the new Julian Baker album, talking about a new song from Pine Grove, America's Biggest Rock Band, and uh, some other new albums that came out.
1: Yeah, and since this is episode 96, we're going back to 1996 when uh, someone who also released a new album this week, Weezer, was still in their earliest days. So here's some albums that came out in 1996. Introducing by DJ Shadow, Bec mm. dropped uh, rather Beck dropped Odelay. Um The Fugees put out The Score, Jay-Z dropped a Reasonable Doubt, Tupac with All Eyes on Me, uh, Weezer with Pinkerton. Uh, Let me find one more. Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine, No Code by Pearl Jam, and Tiger Milk by Bill
0: and Sebastian. How's that? Very nice. Very nice. So 1996 in US history, we had a couple bombings, Jake. Wow. A couple bombings. uh, Not funny, but... We had the... No, the, an, an ill-timed chuckle. <laughs> yeah. We had the uh, the Cobra Towers bombing in uh, Saudi Arabia. Then we had the Summer Olympics bombing in Atlanta as well. Wow. Uh, all the while, President Bill Clinton's re-elected. He beat Bob Dole in the 1996 uh, election, which is interesting. Wasn't... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Sorry. I was thinking of the previous one when he beat George Bush Sr.
1: Just an election... Lost to the sins of time in terms of like how much people remember.
0: You know what? That's the equivalent of it's the equivalent of like that. Obama McCain. Well, no, because that's Obama's first term. I I was thinking more along the Super Bowl lines. That's kind of like the Ravens beating the Giants in two thousand.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's actually funny because, like, back in the 80s when the Super Bowls were still always blowouts, that's when Ronald Reagan was just mopping the floor with True, Democrats. Yeah. With, like, the Mondale, yeah. who the Democrats rolled out there. Like, he was Mondale was the Denver Broncos to um, Reagan's Niners that's in the right. 80s. And he was just killing people. That's right. In these elections. Interesting uh, analogy to start the show. It is. It is. But as we said, listeners, we do talk about music on this podcast. And we're excited to talk about some new albums today, first of which... Wait, do we? well, Sean, do we want to jump into Julian Baker first, or do the other stuff... I feel like we have more to say about Julian Baker.
0: We do have a lot to say about Julian Baker. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's Maybe we save that. Maybe okay. we save that for after. Let's start, Jake, with the new Pine Grove song. Yeah, let's do it. So this actually came out last night, um, and by last night, I mean Wednesday, November 1st. Yeah. So this dropped last night. The new song is called Intrepid. And which immediately reminded me of the Dodge Intrepid. I was going to say the same thing. Yes. Which Uncle Kevin,
1: when I was a kid, big big shout to him. Yeah, he had a Dodge Intrepid. Yes, and young Jake thought it was
0: just the coolest car in the world. In hindsight, maybe not. No. More of like, uh, you want to talk about something lost to the sands of time, Dodge Intrepid. Yeah, it's not that cool looking. At the time, it looked kind of like a viper or something. Which Dodge also makes, so maybe it's right. like kind of the working man's sedan viper. I think they were trying
1: <laughs> to make their cars look like
0: snakes. That, yeah, yeah. that Anyways, new song, <laughs> Pine Grove, Intrepid. This seems to be the first single from their new album that I think is coming out in 2018. I have a lot of thoughts here, Jake, on this. First of which, this new Pine Grove record is going to be my most anticipated album of 2018. It's the one I'm most excited for. And that includes the already completed Father John Misty album that we're supposed to be getting next year as well.
1: It's unbelievable to me that that's already completed. But Mm. I agree because Pine Grove um, with... What was that album called? Cardinal. Cardinal. The previous album and everything so far, they've put together already a nice catalog of of songs and of of albums that I really really enjoy, and um, it was exciting to me to hear them playing a song that is new with with Intrepid because I feel like I've played the hell out of Cardinal yeah. so much that I can I don't even listen to that album that much anymore. Because I, I heard it so many times. And it's
0: it's only eight songs. It's only right. 30 minutes. There's only so much staying power that it has. It's an amazing album. I've actually gotten on like a little kick of it recently, even yeah. before this song came out. It's fantastic. And It I mean, still holds up. To be honest with you, if I were to revise my top albums of 2016 list... yeah. Cardinal would make a strong case for being number one, to be honest really? with you. Yeah, with the amount that I, I've still kept it in rotation over the last year. I mean,
1: it is really, really solid, and there's not a missed track, I don't think, on the entire thing. Um, with Intrepid, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I've listened to it three times now, and actually one of the most interesting things about it is that I know I like it, and even after three listens, I feel like I don't still have a great handle on right. it. Right. Which is great, and yeah. that's like almost a rule of thumb with albums for me. So it kind of goes with this song where if I am listening to something and I've heard it a few times, and I'm like, I know there's something there I like, and I can't quite put a finger on it, it usually means it's something that with many listens is gonna really reward exactly
0: down the line. Exactly, uh, it got a best new track from Pitchfork today. Yeah, interestingly enough, because they usually ignore uh, guitar-based music.
1: I don't know, man. There's this certain subset of like if you're Folky enough or something because Julian yeah. Baker and Pinegrove have been getting love from them.
0: Well, you it's know, what I- like if
1: you're too directly emo,
0: you're outside of their formula, yeah. And I think they also have a good understanding of, and we're going to talk more about this when we talk about the new Julian Baker album. Yes, I feel like they have a good understanding of what's cool and what they need to be on board with, right? They it's easy for them to not be on board with some of that stuff that falls under the emo banner, but I. I get the sense from them that they internally say to themselves, we can't afford to not be on the Pine Grove or the Julian Baker bandwagon. That won't look good for us. We still need to give them some shine, but we're still going to shaft some of these other bands. Well, and
1: especially with Pine Grove, there's a groundswell of listeners, to it. Yeah. Like on Spotify, they have songs in the like
0: four or five, six million, yes. it, which it's is a lot. lot. The point I wanted to make about this was last, last night when this song came out, it was game seven of the World Series. And in my timeline, at least, this new Pine Grove song just hijacked Twitter. I had so many people that I follow being like, new Pine Grove song, what? And for an hour or two that night, it was the talk of Twitter, was the new Pine Grove song. And what it made me realize was this band has gotten so huge over the last year. And I'm not even talking 2016, because Cardinal didn't even, it came out early. It was like March of 2016. And there was that groundswell that year, too. Yeah. But you, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but we saw them at—they were the first opener on a four-band bill at the Royale in Boston when we saw them with World's a Beautiful Place and, and uh, Into It Over It and, and one other band that I'm forgetting right now. But they were the first band to open. Then we saw them at a small college campus show. Yeah. Then we saw them in a small room in Boston— Then we ended up seeing them selling or or packing a stage at Newport Folk Fest. And now they're going back to the Royale this December, which I'm sure is going to sell out as the headliner. So it's been really cool to kind of see them slowly grow and slowly grow. And then to see the plays on Spotify go from just the tens of thousands to the millions is really, really cool.
1: Pine grow? It's interesting because I'm usually not really a person... Who, and you'd think I would be because, or that we would be because we have a podcast where we talk about music. I'm never that person who's like in on a band early, 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 and then like sees that rise and can say, I don't even mean this in a stuck up way, but like I remember when they legitimately had just in the tens of thousands, if that listens on Spotify. And it's weird to have that experience because I'm used to resenting people who say that shit right. and ge- being annoyed by the, right. like, I, I liked them way before they were, right. like, you know, I, it's literally the I liked them before they were cool thing, right. which is annoying. It but is. with Pinegrove, Grove, it's actually, it is cool to see that rise. And I remember listening to everything so far and when, I think it was Cadmium or... Um, Old friends, old friends in Cadmium, I think, were singles mm-hmm. from what would eventually be Cardinal. And I remember being like, this band is so cool. They're, yeah. they're doing amazing stuff. Yeah. And it, I mean... It's really, it's seemingly catching on big time, which is very exciting.
0: Yes, very, very
1: the exciting. The moment for me was Newport because yes. at Newport, when yep. we w- saw them at that stage, <laughs> even though
0: this is sort of a flu game for Sean again. Again, I mean, there's been like eight of them this year because my immune system's garbage. It's falling apart. It, I feel like it used to be the reverse for us. I feel like
1: I was sick all the time.
0: Ex- when We were younger. Yeah, yep.
1: I mean, I still get sick often. Yeah. Regardless. At the Newport Folk Festival, not only was there people overflowing Pine Grove stage. Granted, it was the smallest stage at the at the festival, but that you know it's still a, a big space. Mm-hmm. It was overflowing, and pretty much everyone there was pumped. People were like getting really into the songs, yeah, and like really cheering them on. It was it was
0: an exciting thing to see. Is Pine Grove the most exciting? Rock band right now? Have they captured the imagination of the wider music listening public in the biggest way of, of any new band over the last couple of years? Of these kinds of bands? No, no, no. I'm saying full stop. Of like any indie band, oh, basically, wow. over the last couple years. I, I honestly think they have. I think
1: they have a little ways in terms of popularity to go before you can put them in that I, echelon. Okay, not,
0: I'm not, okay. I'm not saying like. They they're on like the ca- same, I'm not saying they're on the same level as The National or Arcade no. Fire, but. I'm talking more about coming out with new music that people seem to be really, really passionate and excited about. And you, we definitely didn't get that with Arcade Fire. No, you have that with the national to an extent, but they're at the point in their career where it's like, all right, we've made it, kind of. Yeah, Pine Grove still is like in that crazy growth stage that I don't. I feel like nobody else is at right now. Right,
1: and what I was going to say is that I think by no means have they like taken the nation by storm or
0: anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not like
1: they're not. Oh, right. every, it's sort of. I, a yeah, I'm, they, I'm talking
0: in the way that indie bands like them can sure. be popular. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah, I think I mean it's hard. I'd have to really think about who the other bands would be, but I think they're they're definitely right up there and it makes sense because their sound is this hybrid where no matter what sort of foundation you're coming to it from, you're going to probably enjoy it. Yes. And the fact that they even played Newport Folk
0: when a lot of times they're just lumped into emo. Right. goes to show right. sort of how and that can happen. that is why I think it works, and that's why I think somebody like Pitchfork is on board while people like at The Alternative and Stereogum are also on board. Because
1: there are a lot of people who... And this will be no mystery to anyone who, when they're listening to music, the image of that music really, really matters, mm-hmm. and what it says mm-hmm. about you matters. Mm-hmm. And with Pine Grove, you can—they're malleable. Yes, you can make it say what you want. If you're someone who is really into folk music, you'd be like, "These are kind of—they like an edgier folk. Yeah, man. Right? They're like alt folk, alt country. Yeah. Yep. If you're into emo, you're like, "This is sort of a softer side of right. emo. It's very emotive. It, it like it ha- captures that edge. Or if so, you're just into indie
0: rock, you're like, "Oh, it's indie rock. Right? You know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm really enjoying this song. I can't wait for this new album to come out. Very, very excited for it. So, Jake, we still have our Julian Baker talk. Let's let's discuss quickly a few other albums yeah. that came out this past week though. I, I wanna talk about this new Weezer album. Yeah. You mentioned it at the top of the show. It's called Pacific Daydream. It's the follow-up to the album they just put out last year, the White Album, which we both really enjoyed. I it was one of my I think top ten albums from last year and or fifteen. We, it was it yeah, was way it, it up was there. high. It was higher than I thought a Weezer album in 2016 would have been.
1: I love that album. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I still do. Really good. I stand by it. So this new one comes out, Pacific Daydream, ten songs, 34 minutes, the exact same length as the White Album was.
1: And I want to talk a little bit about that. There, so. And I think we talked about this last year a little bit. Rivers Cuomo is an interesting guy. And he is this dude who has distilled the songwriting down to literally a science. I've heard him talk about it in mm-hmm. a couple interviews. What he does is he has a Google Sheet where he has lyrics that he comes up with and then just sort of stores there, broken out into meter and like where wow. the where the actual accents on the words are. Wow. And he has them all categorized in terms of like, okay, this is a ten syllable like this kind of meter, it'll fit with that kind of thing. And so he goes through this spreadsheet and he also has this database of riffs he came up with that he leaves alone and then comes back to so they're fresh. And he sort of mixes and matches. He has it as a science. And he has also seemingly perfected this three-minute sort of pop rock with distortion sound to the point where you can basically, with these last two albums and with others in the discography, have a a (laughs) ten-song... 34 minute rule where this album that album uh, the previous two have been that length I think also Ratitude is that exact length and maybe Maldroit yeah it's 33 minutes so like they have this unbelievable consistency in terms of song length and album Mm -hmm. length and Mm -hmm. what Rivers Cuomo is going for it's not on all albums but it seems like that's the biggest takeaway for me is he seemingly has just made songwriting
0: a science here's my takeaway on this album Jake it's not good. You don't like this. It. Is not a good album. This is so over the top, Weezer. Yeah, 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 it feels like a parody. To be honest with you, I think a lot of people thought that of the White Album last year. Okay, because I I liked that on that level. That, that album's whatever, That is a good album. This feels like he's p- like parodying, p- making a parody of the Weezer sound. Like there's songs on here that are just like like i am thinking of the second track on here it's like um beach boys keep, keep spinning those beach boys yeah yeah beach boy like come on man i it's there's catchy songs on here and yeah. it's enjoyable enough to listen to it just feels so empty it does it feels sterile
1: and not that enjoyable right. i agree that it's not that good i still Enjoy it when I'm listening to it because I think they're, like it's catchy songs. I like Rivers Cuomo's voice. Some of these
0: lyrics are so bad;
1: they are so crazy. I, 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 I think that you could make that criticism about a lot of Weezer albums, even their best, and even I last think,
0: year's album. And I think that is just yeah. I think that's a fair criticism to make on them, where you almost have to suspend disbelief, yeah, to to really enjoy these. And I guess part of this too is they just came out with the White Album last year, which is better than this. Full stop. Did did you want a new Weezer album? No, but I didn't last year either. I, like, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't like hoping
1: for a new Weezer album last year. With this one, here's here's the thing. I like feels like summer. I like Weekend Woman. I like any friend of Diane's, and I kind of like Mexican Fender. I am not going to listen to this album a ton. I'm not super excited by it, but I still think like with any Weezer album, even and they've released a lot of bad ones. According to people, I
0: am never as offended by Weezer as some people tend to get. I, I, I'm not either. I, I don't care. That's the thing I'm sure. saying about this album. I don't care about it because it just doesn't feel necessary. It feels empty. Yeah, it's very sterile.
1: Yeah, the production That's... is very, very sterile. I heard someone it was uh, compare it to Foster the People. And I think specifically that that feels like summer. Yeah. That's a song like that.
0: How have they not written a song yet called Feels Like Summer? I don't know. It seems impossible. Me. Um I, but again, I and like the out title Pacific Daydream yeah. Really?
1: Like it, and what it feels like, honestly, is that is with White right. Album, what resonated with people were the songs about California right, and right. the sunny melodies and right. the really catchy hooks and, and it sound it seems like Rivers Cuomo is like, okay, like this is called Pacific Daydream, then. That's
0: what that's about. That's why this almost feels like a parody to me because it's like, hmm, what's the most cliched late era Weezer thing that we could do? Sure. Oh, glorify like California, California. and in the beach and stuff like that.
1: The, what's even more interesting to me than whether this album is good or not is what the hell is up <laughs> with Rivers Cuomo as a person because it seems like people just can't get a handle on him because he's a weird dude. He's he's kind of a weird dude but also there's he, he plays this game that I don't even think he knows he's doing where people just don't know like is he parodying himself? Is he mocking us? Is he doing yeah, that with and know. with any given album there are certain songs where people almost feel offended by like like, like the green album is an example where yeah. it has like Island in the Sun and stuff. These right. sterile pop songs. That you like if you grew up with them, but if you were a Weezer fan from before then, you didn't like. I don't know, it's just like they have this thing where it seems like when they change, people have these just visceral reactions to Weezer.
0: They do. What is that? I I don't know, because they're not a band that matters. Because to me, at least this album is inoffensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's a knock on it, too. Sure, of course it's. Yeah, Yeah.
1: because good, good... Really good rock music should be in some way... Like, at least you should say something about
0: it. Right, and that's why I'm not going to go back to listen to this at all. Because it's like, why? Why would I?
1: Well, I can't say I blame you. And I, I think that... I mean, I've only listened to this album three times, two times.
0: Yeah. I haven't
1: loved it any of those times, but I... I, I would be lying to you if I said, like, I don't like some of these songs. I do. Oh,
0: I, I, I don't think it's possible to not like them, yeah. just f- the way that they're written. They're um, they're genius pop melodies. It's, be-
1: but- it's because they're written with a formula. Exactly.
0: And it it feels like that. It, it feels like it. it. It does. feels like summer, Sean. And, and, <laughs> and
1: what ends up happening, and that is actually, I couldn't tell when I found that out about Rivers Cuomo, about the way he writes songs, I couldn't tell if it bothered me. Or if I thought it was really cool. It's something between there. Because part of me feels like
0: it's insincere. And I think that sums up Rivers Cuomo so well. Exactly. I can't tell if it's cool or it bothers me. And I can't tell if it's actually really genuine or if it's cynical.
1: Right. Like I can't tell if his process right. is just like, you take lyrics here, you take song here, or riff here, bang. That's a song. People are going to eat it out of my hand. Or if he just really
0: loves doing it. Which he... I think it, that's closer he, to the truth. He might as well. I mean... I don't know. I really don't know, and I'm just going to say I'm not going to listen to this and leave it be and wait for the next Weezer album that comes out in a year or two that sounds just like this and probably say the same thing.
1: What's interesting, though, and the last thing I'll say about this is that I don't think this sounds just like the White Album. I don't think it does either. So I think it's actually it's cleaner, and it, it has like... it. I don't know. It feels more produced, even though the White Album was, was oh, yeah. pretty heavily produced. Yeah. The White Album felt more like a hard rock album to
0: yeah, me, yeah. than they've so far. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Let's move on, Jake. One more quick discussion before we dive into the Julian Baker stuff. The new record from John Mouse, Screen Memories, yeah. came out last week. So I've actually never listened to a John Mouse album in full. Uh, but from what I understand, he is kind of a collaborator with some people from Animal Collective. I think Ariel he, Pink. Ariel Pink is another one. Um, so he is kind of uh, in, in the know of the indie rock world who's who. So he put out this new album, Screen Memories. Um, I would describe this as being kind of like an '80s synth pop record, almost, but yeah, like more and- subversive. Because if you want to talk about a guy. Who is like poking fun at things or being cynical? It's this guy.
1: Yeah, well, and also, I didn't, I did a little bit of reading about John Mouse because I had no context at all. And evidently, the album he released in 2006, his debut, was widely panned and people thought it was like really annoying. And like, people, I don't think people were in on the joke or didn't get it. Um, with this album, I've listened to it a couple times. I I think there's some interesting stuff going on. It's nothing that I feel like I can fully latch onto right. or really get way into, but I do think he's doing some interesting stuff. It almost reminds me in some ways of Eno a little bit, like the way he he sings. So not necessarily Eno's ambient stuff, right. But the way he delivers vocals reminds me a little bit of like almost the talk singing yes. thing. Yeah, reminds me a little of Eno in that sort of like experimental 70s 80s. New wavy thing. It,
0: so, I, I've been relatively enjoying this album. I, I think it's pretty good. It actually reminds me a lot of the Ariel Pink album that came out this year, With, it's not as straightforward, no, catchy or poppy, but some of the singing and some of the goofy subject matter reminds me of that and it has a narrower lane yeah like
1: ariel pink is doing stuff that draws on
0: all these different influences right. i feel like
1: john mouse has more of a singular sound throughout this yeah
0: album. I, I would agree with that but there's certain songs on here that i honestly kind of like laugh out loud at like touchdown
1: pets. yeah
0: um pets is another one yeah there's, there's... the lyrics in that are just literally your pets are gonna die right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting. There's so there's some good stuff on here. I, I don't have a ton else to say about it other than like it's been relatively enjoyable. It's it's a pretty short album too. Yeah. It, it, it's like 10, 11 songs long. So if you like that aerial pink goofiness through like an 80s synth pop like filter, yeah. but that is also being subversive. You'll probably like this. That sounds very specific, but there's there's an audience there.
1: It's a small cross section, mm-hmm. but there is one. One more album actually before Julian Baker is uh, this oh, yeah. Slaughter Beach Dog album. Yes. Uh, Jakey Wald from Modern Baseball solo release. The album's called Birdie. Um, I have never been enamored particularly with Slaughter Beach Dog records before, but I gotta say. Um, I think this is a solid outing from from Jake.
0: What are your thoughts? I enjoyed it more than his first record for sure. Me too. I think I've enjoyed it a little bit more than I thought I would. Yeah. I I wouldn't say the entire thing has grabbed me. There is probably four or five songs on here that I really really like. The first couple tracks. Um, Phoenix and Golden Green. Yeah. Al- Alkalite is a good song. The, the final track, Fish Fry, is another good song. Bad Beer. Those are all pretty good. He's going for like the just again, kind of this same folky with a little bit of like a country twinge. in there, country twang in there. I love when the slide guitar comes
1: on these songs. Yeah, me too. I I I really like pretty okay. I like Bad Beer Uh, a lot. Um, you know, it's like a decent, uh, solid outing on this album. I think. And and I one thing I always forget about Jake, um, is. Of how his lyrics are almost too smart for their own good sometimes, yeah. and how how verbose he is as a yeah. songwriter. He's very much a lyricist, which I sort of always, for some reason, don't think of. Right? But he writes. He like I feel like it, it's a big emphasis for him.
0: He paints these really detailed pictures that sometimes get lost in their own details. And, yeah. and it's they're so specific, it's almost hard to relate to them.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it seems hyper personal and, and very what, specific.
0: I love about his Modern Baseball songs, where he's also writing very detailed lyrics, is that they're they're more relatable. I think they're more broad, and you can kind of attach whatever you want to them, even though they're detailed. These are harder. These feel more like direct stories.
1: Yeah, and, and in terms of the sound of this thing, if you're a Modern Baseball fan who has not checked it out or doesn't know if you'd want to, it, it doesn't sound really much like Modern Baseball to me. Except that, obviously, it's one of the creators of modern baseball, so there's that influence, and there's a similar point of view. But musically, like like Sean, you were
0: saying, it, it's like folk, and it, it's yeah. basically pop. Yeah. A lot of these songs yeah. are just like poppy folk songs. You know what this actually reminds me a lot of? And maybe it's because it's the time of the year, or it's a solo project it reminds me of that Ben Gibbard solo album that came out back in like 2013 or, oh, or yeah. 12 or 14. I, I don't even really remember. But it, it, that album Former Lives, I actually really enjoyed that. And again, it kind of showed a different side of a songwriter where it was a little more folky, was a little more stripped back. There were some country elements to that album as well. It reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. Um, same kind of feel to it. So Yeah,
1: it's like a, this... Um, Slaughter Beach Dog album is like very much a songwriter album. Big time. Which is really interesting, because I feel like that's always been the wheelhouse that Jake has gone for, Yeah, even on modern baseball albums. And you can tell on Holy Ghost, even more because of the split between what he and Brem were doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, you want to get into our main discussion, Jake, this week? Uh, Julian Baker... Yeah, let's do it. ...put out a new album called Turn Out the Lights... Uh, it's been getting a lot of critical acclaim. A lot of love. She's been doing a press rollout for it. She's been doing a lot of interviews, TV appearances. This is a great story. And, Jake, we kind of talked about this earlier with Pine Grove, where they seem to be almost on the same track in terms of how popular they're getting. And it, it seems like people love Sprained Ankle, and there's been that groundswell where you just knew when that next one came out, when that next album came out, it was going to get a lot of attention. And that has definitely happened with Turn Out the Lights.
1: Yeah, well, and even to go back to Newport Folk Festival, we had a similar experience with Julian Baker the year before with then, uh, the before Pine Grove. Um, she was on a bigger stage, but it was, again, a situation where she was playing early in the day. And a, a fair amount of... she had a good turnout. And people were clearly loving the music. And you could tell with both artists, but with Julian especially... How sort of I think it took her a little aback, like she was taken a little aback. I don't think she expected as much attention as she got. No. And I think she was very humbled by it. That's yeah. how she strikes me as a person in general, yes. as someone who's like very like almost overly humble. Like very and, grateful for Yeah, just for grateful everything. for yes. everything anyone's yes. ever given her. Yes. You know what I'm saying?
0: And again, it's been a great story to see. And I'm sure she's as surprised by the amount of success as anybody is. Yeah. Um one thing I wanted to talk about with this. This is a great album. Great album. I'm really enjoying it. It's interesting to see the conversation and critical reaction to this. It almost feels like there's a little revisionist history or, or. Publications are making up ground on maybe not giving sprained ankle hmm. the attention that it deserved back at the end of 2015. Interesting. Because the Pitchforks of the world, the Stephen Hydens of the world, Stereo Gum, etc. I think Stereo Gum was actually one of the ones who was on board originally. So big shout to them. Some of these other publications, though, were not, didn't talk about it. Was sprained now, ankle not covered by Pitchfork at all? I thought it got a review. It might have gotten a review, but it wasn't like talked about. It It gets a review in the way that like everything gets a review by them. But no one was really talking about it or banging the drum to check out that album. Didn't end up on their end-of-the-year lists or anything like that. But it feels like to me, and this could be way off base, but this is what it has felt like to me, is that with this album rollout now, some of these writers are like, Ooh, I got to kind of go back and say how great Sprained Ankle was and pump this one up doubly so, so that, like, I'm on board with it, and I'm planting my flag on the Julian Baker hill.
1: I'm looking for the subtext of what you're saying here, Sean, and I think one layer of it is that you might think this album is a little overrated.
0: And maybe that's not how you want to say it. I I don't want to call it overrated. I'm saying... It's properly rated. Is it like a makeup call? It's a. Saying? It is a makeup call. It's a makeup call because personally, I enjoy Sprain Ankle better. Okay, I think it is a more compact, direct, clear distillation of what Julian Baker brings to the table. Okay, I can see that, and it bums me out that it didn't get the press that this one has gotten. And it does feel like a makeup call a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that this is a bad album by any stretch. This is a really, really good album that I've really been enjoying. But if I were to recommend to somebody who had never listened to Julian Baker before, what should I listen to? I'd point them to Sprained Ankle first, and I'd point to individual songs on Sprained Ankle first before probably anything on Turn Out the Lights. I mean,
1: I think... Is also, that fair? That, that, no, that's that's okay. totally fair. I think some of also what's happened, though, that you can't necessarily just blame on music critics is, like, she has been signed to Matador in that time since. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she... I think it takes an album and a couple of years for anyone to gain steam a yes. lot of times. I mean, like, that... Sprained Ankle was, like, her first release, and it feels like it would be really hard... Today, for someone to come out of the gate with an album like that and for it to be immediately received. Oh, In some ways, yeah. it is just part of the game. It is. It is part of because even if Sprained Angle's better, um, it, it, it almost is impossible for an artist to be recognized like that. And that's another interesting discussion. Like, is it impossible to have a debut anymore that takes just like everyone by storm? In, no, because Pine Grove basically did it. Right. Well, but it did. Again, it's like they're getting best new track now. They're getting that stuff True. now.
0: Well, it that was a critical darling when it Cardinal was a critical darling already right. when it came out. I think it takes either a lot of luck in terms of who you get it in front of and who touts it? Yeah, or you got to be on the right label still, which is kind of fucked in 2017. That we're it's still so reliant on that.
1: Well, what I'm saying is that even if Cardinal is amazing and everything so far is amazing, the album where where they will get famous will be the next one.
0: That's a good point. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's
1: the for those of who, about to rock. Although, Back in Black, they were already
0: famous. (laughs) Maybe not the best comparison.
1: The analogy I'm making is that for those about to rock by ACDC, sold more than Back in Black, even though it's considered a much worse album. But it was because of the success of Back in Black. So it's somewhat of an analogy, but it's a different thing, because they were already famous. Um, My take on this album is that (coughs) with (coughs) Sprained Ankle, um, and I think this this is a trust tree a little bit. I was never as into it as you got, or as some friends of the know that, or as a lot of people got. I always liked it. I always thought it was good. I enjoyed a lot of the songs. It never was one of these albums I kept returning to. It was not something that was super important to me, and that's fine. And that's not a criticism of it. I think it's a very good album. I think she's incredibly talented. Um, I think I'm going to end up liking Turn Out the Lights better than Sprained Ankle, personally, because I don't have that same totally strong connection while I enjoy a lot of Sprained Ankle. I think I'm going to end up, in the end, liking Turn Out the Lights more because I like the sound she's going for. It's a lot bigger. I really like what she's doing with electric guitars on this album, with piano on this album. The way she's pushing her voice is incredible, especially on the last track, which it's Claws in Your Back. And and other songs on the album too, but like on "Claws in Your Back," she does this thing where she, her vocals at the end of that song, they blow me away every time. I've I've re-listened to it every time I go uh, that I play that song. I play that part over and over because it it blows me away. I just feel like she. I I don't think this is a perfect album by any stretch. I'm not. Again, I'm not saying it's like a ten out of ten perfect record, favorite of all time. Um, But it's interesting because as someone who I think I have a little less stock in her music personally,
0: yeah. I might like it better. I'm going to say some things right now that it's going to make it seem like I don't like this album. And I just want to say that is not the case okay. at all. I really like this album. No, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm open to hearing it.
0: My criticism of it and why I don't like it as much as Sprained Ankle is I feel like if we want to talk about songwriting formulas, Jake, I think you can point to a pretty clear formula on this one, which is start off. With emotive lyrics, yep. very quietly, and build till you get to that crescendo loud part. Yes. There's a lot of that happening on here. Some hits more than others, and some does it better more than others. When you take this one idea in this one sound and stretch it out over 43 minutes, there's going to be some diminishing returns on that sound and that formula. For example, you love that last track. I'm tapped out by the time I get to it. And honestly, the, it took you pointing out how amazing that vocal performance is yeah. for me to even pick up on or realize it. Because by that point, it was kind of in one ear and out the other. I'm like, oh, there's another like high point that we're hitting. And it, I didn't even realize it. It's, because I was like, well, I've had this on every song so far. And it's it it loses its impact. And that's why on Sprained Ankle... There were only a couple songs that really did that, like "Rejoices One," where like she really stretched her voice and really went for it. And I think, but,
1: but that's another album where there's very much a sound, there's very much it, a
0: thing she's going and for. And it's a, it's a shorter album; it's like thirty-four minutes, right. or, or maybe even a little bit less. It's probably it's like maybe thirty even. That is why I think that's a little bit better because you can only take so much of that sound. I only want so much of that sound. I think there's songs on here where it's towards the middle middle end where I think it lags a little bit and would be better if they took some songs out. I think Everything That Helps You Sleep is a prime example of that. Uh,
1: I See, I go the other way on that. I think it's like the songs after that, in that happy-to-be-here, hurt-less, maybe, area. Because everything that helps you to sleep has actually turned into one of my favorites on the tour. That's my,
0: by far my least favorite That's on so here. That's so interesting. I, I, I do like Happy To Be Here. I do like Hurt Less. I could see you cutting those, too. Uh, I love Even, Though, yeah. towards the end, that one is like, oh, it's more guitar based, you're doing something a little more upbeat and different. My two favorite songs on here are Even and Sour Breath, and those take that formula, shift them a little bit, they're a little more upbeat, they're as upbeat as or, or up tempo as Julian Baker's songs get. They still kind of go for that. Crescendo thing Especially at the end of Sour Breath It Like the the longer I, I...
1: Swim the faster I sing
0: Yeah exactly And The then harder it cut, I swim yeah. It cuts out and it's just like one of the backing vocals either That's really really cool like screaming Yeah ones. that's really cool I love the lyric on Even Where it's like Um putting my fist through the plaster in a Motel 6 or something like that. Like, that's a really cool lyric.
1: Yeah, Those I, are my
0: two favorite songs on here.
1: What's the song on here that has the lyric, all my prayers have been apologies? I heard that the other day, oh. and that stuck out to me. Here's, it, it, here's a couple uh, things, Sean, yeah. while you think on it. Why I, as much as I can appreciate Julian Baker, as much as I respect her and I think she's a, a, an amazing talent, and I really like both these albums... There's a few reasons why I can never, I don't think I could ever be a Julian Baker head or be like someone who's way, way in on her, in her camp. And yeah, the prime reason is melody. I just, I I don't think, again, there's great, great beauty in what she does in this music. Her emphasis is not writing hooks. It's not writing melodies. And that is fine. That's not a problem. My way into music almost every time is it's melody. And it's, it's that side of music, right? Um, and that you could criticize me that for that if you wanted, and I think it would be fair, but Julian Baker is certainly an artist where I feel like most people who are going to resonate with her the strongest are through the lyrics. Yeah. That's really where it's going to come. And for me, it can be a little bit of a challenge when what I'm really looking for in these songs is what's the overall mood, what's the vibe, what's going on instrumentally, um, and that's why the ones that really stick out to me are ones like claws in your back or sour breath yeah. um, or appointments or um, turn out the lights where I feel yeah. like there's something going on that is <laughs> musically dynamically interesting. Melodically, there's something going on there. There's some element of her and, and songwriters like Julian Baker, where I can get a little bit lost in the other side of it, where it's a pattern of strumming or a pattern of piano. And it, and while she's singing a melody, it's not—it's not something that is incredibly. It doesn't like sort of stick. It feels more like confessional and more yes. just lyrics. Yeah,
0: and that's that's completely fair. And I do think, as much as I like this album, think it's beautiful and think there's some really nice moments, I think that's where it loses its way a little bit. Is on certain songs in particular, everything that helps you sleep. I think it's too much of that and too little of the melody or the hooks or things like that. That's not necessarily a criticism. that's just me saying why I might not rank this in my top ten at the end of the year. you I know what, I think what
1: well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think essentially what I'm saying is is that um while I really like Julian Baker and I'm trying i don't I can't pretend that I love this album or any of her music as much as everyone else seems to. I still really like it. I still really appreciate it. And I, I do think that this album is going to continue to grow on me in some ways. I think you're saying a similar but slightly distinct version of that.
0: Yes. I think I understand what you have always felt about her with just this album. Gotcha. Sprained ankle, I'm still on another higher level with you're right. it. This one, I'm like, oh, I get why Jake hasn't been able to totally buy in. Okay. Because it's kind of how I'm feeling. We're... I've listened to this album a lot this past week, and part of that has been making myself really like it. And I know what's going to happen is, towards the end of this week, I'm going to start listening less. I'm going to pick out a few songs that I just want to keep going back to, and that might be it.
1: I think what it it shouldn't get lost in the discussion, though, is that... um... It's very clear to me that Julian Baker is making music that is going to be very important to a lot of people. Yes. I think that's really exciting. Yes. And what I find most exciting about her is that she's a person who I really, really want to root for. Because she me too. seems Oh, me too. In every time I've ever seen oh, I've seen her live once. But every like I listen to a podcast where she was interviewed this week and you know, we saw her at Newport. Um, and I just the sense I get about her is I, I just feel like she's a really good person who is, is very talented and I, I really really want to root for her to succeed. And it's almost like I like her more than
0: her music in some ways. Yeah, I could see that. So I've seen her live twice. Were you not at that other show in Portsmouth?
1: I've seen her twice, too. I'm thinking about Newport, but yeah, Portsmouth.
0: So so I don't want to discount the live experience of this because she takes these songs and just stuns you and, and, and stops you in your tracks, basically. And part
1: of the reason why is... I mean, this doesn't matter that much, but it live. It has an effect. Mm. Is you can't overstate how slight and frail a person she looks yeah. in person. She looks physically very little. Yeah, and she has this big, powerful voice. And I think that's another thing that I like about this album a lot is how much she's pushing that. And it seems like she clearly has embraced that. That's something she has. She has this powerful <laughs> voice. <laughs> that in some ways is untrained a little bit but she, she's learning to push it in new ways which I think is really exciting yeah um, so yeah I, I think ultimately um, I, I am excited for this album more than I like it but I think that something that's getting lost with this discussion I know how it's going to come across I want to be clear that I, I really enjoy this I, album I do too and
0: it's it's less interesting to just say this is a great album yeah. and leave it at that yeah. I I think there are other things that I've been thinking about while also saying, wow, this is really good, and I really like this.
1: Whether it's Julian Baker or whether it's someone else, there is always going to be artists where you can relate to that feeling of, I get this is good, I'm actually enjoying it in my own way. I'm not at that level these other people are at, and I, I, I can't relate to how much it seems like this friend and that friend and this critic are just loving this.
0: And I think there's an element of you feel like you're wrong when you think yeah, that and something. you're almost afraid to put that opinion out there.
1: It's either that you're wrong or that you somehow just, like, why don't I get yeah, There's something
0: wrong with me. Yeah, yeah like, what yeah, is yeah. it about this that I, why can't I just exactly. resonate with me? Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, so anybody else, I, I would be really interested to hear, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who are like, wow, fuck these guys. <laughs> but I would like to hear opinions because, honestly, I think... I saw some stuff on uh Indie Heads on, on the subreddit. I was very interested to see people's reactions. There was a lot of people on there who are also saying this is really good. I like sprained ankle better. And they had some of the same, not criticisms, but thoughts of, oh you know, there were certain things about Sprained Ankle that I prefer than than this.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely get that. And I'm I coming at it from a totally different angle. Yeah. I, I I like this album more. And I actually really do enjoy this album. And I think that it's very cool to see how she's progressing. Yeah. Um, I just maybe, I, I missed the boat on her a little bit in terms of how much people seem to love her. Yeah. But I, I, I do think that it's something where if you took our conversation now, and you just made a headline version of it, it would be out of context.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: Because the context... Should be two people who really like Julian Baker in different ways. Yeah, you know,
0: discuss the album.
1: Yeah, have some like complicated <laughs> thoughts about it. <laughs> right, like it's, right. it's complicated. It's not. It, right. I don't know. I feel like it's not fair if you have complex feelings about an album like this to just be like join the groundswell. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't. Way. I
0: didn't want to do that with this conversation. Like honestly, I'd give this album like an eight out of ten. Yeah, probably. You know, like, I feel like that's still pretty good. That's really, really good, and I really like it. It's just. I have other thoughts, and that's, right. yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, so yeah, I'd be interested to see listeners. What do you think? Do you enjoy Sprain Ankle more? Do you like this one more? What are your thoughts? Let us know at Listen in Pod. Um, all right. So Jake, we have a pretty cool Think Piece segment coming next week. Yes, because it's going to be kind of a dead week in terms of new music. Not a lot going on. There's not a whole lot going on. So as almost sort of a preview of that, we wanted to do a Mount Rushmore. Of greatest hits albums. Now, I think we might have done this before.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that I, I think we have done this before. Luckily, we're I not... I think I have either. different answers, though, than I, what I had before. I might, too. <coughs> and, and luckily, also, we are not a podcast that is so popular that like anyone's going to notice. No, so or there care. You, yeah, there you go. You want to go first? Yeah,
0: I'll go first here. So this is one we've dropped name-dropped a, a lot on this podcast, I think. This is a formative Greatest Hits album for me. Got me into one of my favorite bands of all time. This is Early Days and Latter Days by Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Their greatest hits that compiles their early career and their later career as well. Always very interesting, um, especially as I got into more of a a Zeppelin head. um, What songs they left off and what songs they actually put on there. Big leave-offs on that. Over the Hills and Far Away. Yep. How did they not put that on? Jamaica is a big radio hit. True. Yep. Jamaica. No Heartbreaker on there right. either. And they put on... Heartbreaker was on Mothership. True. Yeah. When that yeah. came out in 07. So kind of interesting. They they left off a, a few of those songs. But early days, latter days. Also I have the Who with The Ultimate Collection. Yeah. This is also a, great a career-spanning greatest hits. Here's a hot, hot hot take for you. I know what it's going to be. If I'm listening to The Who, I want to listen to this over any Who album. Because you get all those great early songs, but with none of the filler that are on those early albums. Yeah. You get all of the Who's Next hits, but then you get some of those great later day Who songs too. Yeah, I want to listen to this, this. over any of their other individual albums.
1: The, the Who... Have, and they they have such great hits too. Yeah, they really they're so do, good f- from all their albums. So good. Um, I will disagree, but I because I I think I would listen to Who's Next first at this point. Okay. Or honestly, I've gotten into the Who sells out and Tommy a
0: lot in the last couple of years. Tommy, I think, is sort of overrated.
1: I know you think that, and I I actually agree on some level. I think people look. Too much into the story part of it. Yeah, yeah. For me, I just love the songs. Okay, I, I could yeah, give. Yeah. I could give a fuck about the, yeah.
0: the, the rock opera. <laughs> That's it's, fair. It's you know definitely... what I think is better than than Tommy is Quadrophenia. Yeah,
1: and, and Quadrophenia is an album I never got way way into. Yeah, I, I, well, I think those...
0: I think it's better. I rather listen to Quadrophenia. I think
1: a lot of people think it's better. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Quadrophenia has been the trendy 21st century yeah kind of like no this is the who album
1: it it, it actually it's so much cooler to like Quadrophenia than yeah. tommy it actually tommy is an album that is weirdly a non factor
0: today people yeah. don't talk
1: about tommy no. at all no they or don't, don't care about they don't it. It, you the, I, you almost the, forget about it
0: the who sell out has also become the trendy yeah. con, um con con Concept album, yeah. Uh, holy shit, I couldn't even think of that word.
1: Well, with the, the Who sellout and and Quadrophenia, they definitely are cooler albums. Yeah, yeah. they're cool. Although I, I don't really know the story of Quadrophenia that well, but it's
0: convoluted and to say the least. Yeah,
1: you wouldn't have. I mean, rock and that's the thing. It, trend doesn't, that way.
0: it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't know? matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay, my other one I have ready for this one, Jake. Green Day International Super Hits, awesome. This has everything up to American Idiot on it and this was a great introduction to early day Green yeah. Day yeah. that I had no context for. I do, actually this does not include anything off of 10039 or 1039 Smoothed Out Slappy Hours or Kerplunk. This is major label Dookie up through Warning. Um <laughs> Great, great songs on here. And they also included three original songs that had never been released before. What were those? Uh, Maria, Pop Rocks and Coke, Jar, Jason Andrew Relva. Great songs.
1: That's like how, which I just found out when he died, that Tom Petty included Last Dance with Mary Jane on his Greatest Hits album just like as a new one, knowing it would be a hit. I love all three of those songs. Because none of
0: those songs are actually hits. Pop Rocks and Coke is like a... It's not a huge, huge hit, but people will be like, oh, that's a really good Green It's Day not song. a
1: Last Dance with Mary Jane no. hit.
0: No, 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 like, no, no. Like, no, no. Petty no. called his shot. He, yeah, he did. And just,
1: like, wrote another hit on his Hits he, album, which is fascinating. That's pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: These, not on that level, but still all really good. This is a great, great, greatest Hits album. Because the argument to be made about, like, Nimrod and Insomniac and Warning is it's like there's amazing songs on there. But there's some filler. There's a lot of filler. And this <laughs> takes that... It separates the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, Jake.
1: <laughs> Not all killer.
0: Uh, and then my last one here, this might be just my favorite greatest hits album of all time, is Rearview Mirror, Greatest Hits by Pearl Jam. This is what introduced me to Pearl Jam. This is what got me way, way into them. Outside of the big, big hits and outside of 10, this stuff got me into later day Pearl Jam and some of like the weird... Non album one off tracks like Man of the Hour and like Yellow Lead Better and things like that. So, um, Rearview Mirror Greatest Hits. This also included a non album exclusive track. I think it is. Shit, man. I'd, ha- I'd have to double check that. But this also includes a really, really good Pearl Jam song that was released just on this album.
1: Pearl Jam is another artist that I would categorize under the, the category of I can appreciate it, I can enjoy a lot of it, I will never get it to the level some people seem to.
0: Again, this is what I would choose to listen to over any Pearl Jam album, is yeah. Rearview Mirror And you like Pearl hits. Jam more than I yeah. do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it might be It might be the song Rearview Mirror, maybe. Oh, okay. It, yeah, it, that would make sense, actually. What is it
1: with them with running words together, like, Hey, Foxy Mop Handle?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Here's mine. Here's okay. my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> um, some of these I've referenced before. Yeah, all of them. Retrospective by Buffalo Springfield. Huge, huge, huge greatest hits for me. Um, and I've never, it, with the exception of Buffalo Springfield again, which I listened to once or twice. This is the only listening I've done to Buffalo Springfield. And it because it, mm. it's a great. They were a band that didn't last that long. They lasted like three, four years. Yeah. Put out three albums and it's just a, it seems like they have don't really have that many gr- great albums but a collection of those songs right. is amazing right. and it, it's like per- track for track like perfect one of my favorites um i'm going to go with the beatles one it's not an exciting pick but it's just like it's also maybe the all-time cockiest greatest hits of all time because the beatles <laughs> you can slice and dice their greatest hits so many different ways and they were like oh here's what we'll do for this one <laughs> We'll just do the songs that got to number one on the charts. And, the, and it's 27
0: tracks long. And the fucked up thing is there's so many better songs that could have been on this oh, yeah. than the ones that actually got to number one.
1: These are. This is literally a greatest hit, not best of the Beatles. Right. Like there are some songs on here like... Hello, goodbye. I think a lot of people would say it's not one of their Yellow favorite Yellow
0: Submarines on there.
1: Right, because it got to number one. Yeah. But, like, you have songs that are much, much like A Day in the Life isn't on here.
0: Right. You have songs that just are. While My Guitar Gently Weeps isn't on Not there. on here. Yeah. Here Comes the Sun. Not, not on, on here. There. Yeah. Um, George
1: got the shaft. He did, man. But something gets on here. I think his only entry, actually. Something was George's oh, I'm only. Sure, it's his only entry. Was his only there. number one? Yeah. Savoy Truffle didn't make it. <laughs> um, the Beatles won. It's just like again, like it, it's and it's also was formative for me because mm. my family got it when it's I was eight.
0: Great intro. Yeah, I was like obsessed. I think to this day, it's still the biggest selling album of the century.
1: It, yeah, or it's, it's either it still is or is way way up there. Yeah, yeah. And um, was the best selling album of the year it came out better than any of oh, yeah. the boy bands that came yeah. out with albums that. year. You know, how crazy is that? Yeah. Um, I got early days, latter days
0: 2 by Zeppelin. Yeah, can't not put that on there um, in their spacesuits. Yeah,
1: might not be exciting, but because you already said it, but it's awesome. It's, it's a so classic, good. and it really. In seventh grade, when I was getting into Zeppelin a little bit, there were still some songs that eluded me, and I
0: didn't like, oh me fully too get here. oh sure Battle of Evermore no quarter I didn't fully get no and since I've been loving you I was like oh no too long and boring
1: and the like, part what the middle part of whole lot of love I didn't care yeah. for a lot of that appreciated over time yep. again Led Zeppelin crazy band um, I'm also gonna go with now get a load of this okay. album title Sean. Okay, i actually I'll omit the artist's name from the album title <laughs> yeah. and see if people out there, based on knowing what I've listened to in the past, yeah. what this might be. The album's name is "Oh Yeah," Ultimate Hits. The blank there is the album, the uh, the band's name. It's Aerosmith. Like it right has this to. Who else could about. it be? And just an absolutely over the top album name. Yep. Um, and I want to make clear that I don't think by any stretch is this better than these other greatest hits albums, but it was huge for me. And there's right. a t- Aerosmith. This is a good way to go, especially because they have songs from those later albums that are not that good. When they right. were an uninteresting band making just basically commercial rock music, they still some really good songs. Yep. Um, so the true. Honorable mentions for me would have been the Ultimate Collection by the Who and. Uh, their Greatest Hits by the Eagles, ah, which is another cocky Greatest Hits album because they put it out right before releasing Hotel
0: California. That, which is just like a Greatest Hits yeah, album. Yeah, Life in the Fast Lane, Hotel California, yep. some others. <laughs> Among others, yeah. yeah. So Greatest Hits albums, yeah. Let us know, listeners, what your favorites are Um and how awesome that Green Day one is because we can all admit that. I'm actually going to listen to that on my way home. I'll have some choice tracks on there. Skip through a little bit. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's wrap up, Jake. Uh, Release radar. Yeah. So, like we said, pretty dead week next week.
1: Um, But one album I am tentatively a little excited for.
0: What is it? uh, The new album from Shamir. Okay. Revelations. Yeah. That was the one that was sort of like, yeah, maybe I should listen to that. I did enjoy his album that he put out, what, 2015? This is me on the regular. so you Yeah, know. it's a good song. Good song. There's a few good songs on there. I don't know if I loved it enough or care enough to be like, oh, I'm going to peep this new one. No, there was definitely... i it. There like, was def- I don't know about that.
1: There's definitely a lot about that Shamir album that I didn't love, but I liked some of it. Yeah. There's definitely one where I tried to make myself like it a little me more than I really too. did.
0: Me too. Me um,
1: too. But there's some really catchy stuff, and I think Shamir is someone who's doing interesting yeah. stuff musically. Um, new album by Converge, who I think is a like sort of a screamo or like I think a hardcore, so. I think they're, they're from hardcore Boston, band, right? Yeah, got an eight point two from Pitchfork, not a best new music, but it got album. album of
0: the week from Stereo Gum too. So yeah, he probably won't listen.
1: Um, <laughs> also, new albums from Sam Smith, Maroon Five, and Kid Rock.
0: That's a murderer's row right there.
1: I have no. Uh, here's what I'll say: I have no qualms with Sam Smith. He's a guy. He's just doing his thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I yeah. like a lot of his songs.
0: Maroon Five. Is easier to criticize. Did you see this controversy that they named their album after, like, a men's rights thing? Oh, no. I guess whatever their album title is, I don't even remember, is a reference to, like, a men's rights thing. I, and they I, didn't know, and they're like, well, we didn't know. It's oh. too late to change it. Well, as long as they didn't know. No, they, no, re- they didn't know. If they really didn't. No, no, they didn't. They, at least they said so. so. Sean, over,
1: under... times you will listen to the new Kid Rock album
0: the day it comes out. Oh, it's an over. It's It's an an easy over. Yeah, Yeah. I'll I'll listen 10.5 times before I even get to work in the morning. Yeah,
1: and if we're talking shock, 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 we're going, (laughs) you've got to hammer the over. You can set the over at like a 100 times. Now,
0: the the real question, Jake, is how many times are you going to donate to his senatorial campaign? Because oh, the limit I, I think you... I'm already my own super pack
1: <laughs> with regards to the Kid Rock campaign.
0: Good. I'm glad you said that.
1: Yeah, no. Uh I I obviously have zero. Like if there's less than zero, that's how much interest I have in this Kid Rock album. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Or or supporting him in any way politically or like looking at images of him. Yeah, no thank you. Just like knowing he exists. Yeah, no thank you. I, I
1: you know what I will say though, I, I am I have a soft spot for the soft spot, mm-hmm. he tried to say mm-hmm. for uh, that song with Sheryl Crow, I put your picture away. Oh yeah,
0: that's a catchy Come song. Come on, man. Yeah. And it's a heartbreaker. That's a pretty good song. Sheryl Crow has some good songs, man. She, she can sing. If it makes you happy. Yeah. I I
1: really like, um like, dude, Soak Up the Sun. Yeah. And my mom, when we were kids, she had that album. She had the Soak Up the Sun album, and my mom's move with albums was play the hit and just let the next song play through and then, like, stop listening to it. Oh, yeah. So we would listen to, like, two songs off wow. albums a lot okay. of times. Unless it was a Greatest Hits, okay. Aerosmith, we'd listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cheryl Crow, I always knew the first track on that album, Steve McQueen. Yeah, that's a good song. Was that Steve McQueen? Yeah, is that a hit?
0: I thought it was because my dad also had this album, ah. played it all the way through. I heard, I've heard, i heard that album more than albums that I actually love. Steve McQueen is a good it's song. It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly,
1: dude, I'm going to do an impromptu recommendations of the week segment. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be Steve McQueen by <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Crow. I
0: am going to double down and second that. That's a double recommendation of the week, <laughs> yes. people. go. That listen. means you have to listen to that song.
1: Like Steve McQueen, All She Needs is a Fast Machine. <laughs> and she's going to make it something something. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good song. It is, it's a man. good song. Good, big, you know good, what? I go you, up for sure. you know what
0: the other really big early 2000s like adult rock record that I've heard way more times than I should maybe is The Rising by Bruce Springsteen. Really? Actually a pretty good album. Um there's it's too long. It's like 16 tracks long and it's sort of a 9/11 like response uh-huh. album. Uh-huh. There's Five or six really good songs on there, though. Yeah. And the, then there's a lot of other filler.
1: You know who was big in the my family's van was Josh Groban.
0: Oh, yeah. My mom bought a yeah, Josh Groban yeah. album. Okay. And again, we
1: listened to like two songs on it. There was one that was in a different language that I don't remember <laughs> anymore. And then there was You Raise Me Up, which he sang at the Super Bowl when the Patriots were playing oh, the Panthers. Right. Well,
0: honestly, we've had just so many artists sing basically every artist has sung at a patriot super bowl because there's been so many of them
1: it's just an embarrassing amount yeah it it, it actually pick an
0: artist and they're probably somehow loosely connected to performing at a patriot super bowl like when tom petty died he sang at the one they lost when they were going to go undefeated that's right do i
1: blame tom petty for this i don't (laughs) not blame him he's i mean he's complicit he was there (laughs) he was there who knows what he did yeah Maybe Brady doesn't like Tom Petty. Actually, well, that's impossible because everyone kind of likes Tom Petty. Uh,
0: if there's one person who doesn't, it's probably Brady because music is probably like too inflammatory for his body and it's not healthy.
1: Yeah, I man. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Is it Tom Brady?
0: That is, should have been pre-show talk, but it should have. We didn't have much. Yeah, no. listeners.
1: If there's one to skip, it might be this one. <laughs> it's
0: weird. Uh, yeah. you, can, uh, you can listen. You might get a laugh. It might be funny. Tom yeah. Brady, though, a weirdo. He's weird. I love him. I, oh, me I, too. It doesn't I, change how I feel about him, but like I know he's a weirdo. Well,
1: it's like it, it, like he's great at what he does, but also you got to be able to, even
0: if you love him and the Patriots, objectively say he's, he's a strange dude, weird. Yeah. Let's well, all just admit it, and let's stop like douchey bros of New England worshiping Tom Brady like the figure, like like a,
1: he's an idol.
0: Yeah. Oh, f- like here's the go-to for like. Drunk bros is going out with your friends, yep. yelling "Tom Brady goat," <laughs> right. and like punching each other in the dicks, and like, like that throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's stop doing that. It's not funny. It's not cool. Your personality and your identity shouldn't be tied to saying "Tom Brady goat" all the time.
1: Well, we've talked about this, but but people. I think forget he's a person because right. pe- people love Tom Brady and forget the fact that, that what they're loving is Tom Brady the folk hero. Right, that's what they're into. Right, exactly. You know, exactly the, the tall
0: tale, the Paul Bunyan.
1: Because people really think that Tom Brady like can't be beat, but in fact he's lost a lot of games. Right, and even though they've been to the playoffs a lot, he's lost a lot of playoff games. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's not unbeatable. People have this concept of him that like he always
0: comes through in the clutch. Like, well, he hasn't. Not many. every time. Yeah. He is more than anyone else. Yeah, which is the which is the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I love Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. dude.
1: Also, really quick, last thing because we didn't get to do it in the pre-show. Celtics coming on. Celtics looking good. Six straight
0: playing really good defense. I
1: did sort of forget that that Spurs win came without Kawhi.
0: No Kawhi, but hey, we'll if. One of our two Spurs games this, year's, this year comes early in the season, and it's a win. They don't have quite. I don't give a fuck. No, pad bad. those stats. Yeah, pad the wins. We are tied for the best record in the NBA. Oh, I'm well aware, my friend. I, I'm actually yeah. very
1: happy that I didn't have the first pick because I would have taken the Warriors.
0: They're struggling. And it seems like they don't
1: give a fuck about the regular season. Yeah, like what's up, man? They already three losses. Yeah, Bill Simmons was saying they were going to go 75-7.
0: <laughs> They're not even win 60 games, Man, It's just like riding Katie's dick. I'm getting really sick of Simmons recently and his smart girl or smart smart gal, smart guy, Wednesdays and you, Fridays. These podcasts, I don't even I delete them because I know they suck.
1: Yeah. I, I'm gonna try with this one a little bit, see what it's about, and and just, you know, because I think he's trying to expand his brand a little bit because, and I know you don't like it. And I understand your visceral reaction to it. But here's the thing about Simmons too is the reaction you see, like on Reddit, of the negative reaction. Yeah. A lot of that is people who came to him from sports. Now people are coming to him from other angles, too. I came
0: to him th- through sports. I know. I did. Yeah. Like
1: I did, too. But I think he the, realizes well,
0: that. He, he used to have better pop culture interviews or would do them better. That's yeah. my problem, too. Like the, he, these aren't interesting interviews. Fascinating stuff. But that's another conversation, too. It really is.
1: Wow, we we uh, that was a ran the gamut there. Yeah, we we went from Steve McQueen by Sheryl Crow like Steve McQueen. Yeah, awesome great song. Uh, again, recommendation of the
0: week. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's it. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.
1: Mike, we're on record. Okay. How's that for you? Good. Anything you say now, I don't know. Is it legally? Can we? This be used legally against us? I don't know.
0: Like if I admit to a murder right now? No, because I think you'd. No, because it's kind of like that Robert Durst thing, where uh- he was on Mike. And just said it. Like, you can just say anything. That doesn't mean... That it's true. I think you'd have to admit it in some legal context. Right.
1: And, yeah, because, like, in music, people talk about doing drugs and all kinds... Like, all the time. Right. Right. So
0: I can just admit to that murder on the podcast, and we're good. Right. I can get it off my chest. Exactly. (laughs) Now... What that might do is then open up a legal can of worms where it's like, oh, this guy murdered somebody. Yeah. Let's indict his ass and, like, let's build a case against him. This would be, I think this could be used to, like, sway a jury. It's not you like a smoking a gun, but I think it would help build a case. You yeah. could
1: certainly build a case. Dude, could you imagine murdering someone? No,
0: that absolutely was, like, not.
1: Honestly, the, the thought of it is crazy to me. I can't. I, I can't know. either. Like, no. He,
0: even at war. There's probably some tough guy out there like, hm, these pussies haven't murdered anyone before. It,
1: shock, shock, shock. Dude, yeah. he still, <laughs> still spite listens. Hold on. Uh, Wait, can we pause this first? I want to make sure yeah. the gain isn't too sure. much. Okay, we're back. The test right. of the gain was fine. Turn it down a little bit. Okay. Probably right. won't have any effect. Okay. And here I, I think I'm like this sound engineer. <laughs> like a fucking needle Aspinall. <laughs> <laughs> was he a sound Was he a mix engineer With the Beatles I forget I yeah, always mix yeah, those dudes I, up I mean Because there was like There's Mal Evans Like the guys you always hear about Are like Mal Evans Neil Aspinall George Martin Right uh, George Martin Jr uh, Yeah Giles Martin Yes Giles Giles, Giles yeah. or whatever Yeah, yeah. Uh, Weird name Yeah like, Of course that's his name
0: um, But as for murdering people uh, Not for me Not for me
1: No No it Not for me either. Just mm. Stop we're gonna. Oh, we're fine. Okay, okay it right. didn't stop. Okay. It, looked, it looked like it just stopped recording. See, this is
0: why we do the pre-show. Yeah. Pre-show after show.
1: It is, and because you know, you there's plenty of room for error, especially in the early phases. And if we're yeah. trying new sounds, I don't want to blow people's ears. Out. Right.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Too much volume is not a good thing. That um, fidget spinner probably picks right up. It probably does. Well, I heard it earlier, and I didn't know you were using it. And I was like, "Is it now raining out? Like, what is happening?" Because it sounds like this dull. Well, it sounds nice. It just goes, dude. It let's goes. Just, let's just give the listeners five seconds of, <laughs> of ambience. Ready? I mean, that's pleasant.
0: It sounds like one of those rain sticks.
1: It does. It does, except better. Yeah. And if on it, listeners, honestly, if you download this podcast from SoundCloud, and Take the audio file, put it in GarageBand, clip that five Mm. second little loop, and loop it. Then you'll have just a nice ambient thing. No need to use an app. Sounds like a lot of work. No, no, it's actually it's actually a lot easier in the
0: end. Right. Well. Than like finding an ambient album or something. Maybe. (laughs) If if you really think about it. Maybe. Um, I don't think I have anything else for the for the after show besides the murder talk. That's okay. Uh, That's okay. Okay, I just got
1: a work email, dude. There's nothing oh, worse. Get
0: out of here. Then the that. the
1: pang of panic, dude, yeah, of yeah. a work email get. from from like your boss, boss's boss. Yeah. Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm not fired.
0: <laughs> would we still do the podcast? <laughs>
1: I would have a rougher time doing it. <laughs> I mean, payday is tomorrow, so that that makes things a little better. Yeah. Uh, mine's I, mine's next week. Uh, you're on you're on Mary Kate's schedule, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. huh? Just sure. like you, just like how you guys are on the same P
0: schedule on road trips. Yeah, seriously.
1: I'm starting to think there's a little something to this.
0: <laughs> I think you're reading much too much into the situation. What the fuck, dude? The fuck? It's my fucking girlfriend. You get paid on the same week as
1: my fucking girlfriend, dude? Are you fucking kidding? Me? <laughs> What the fuck dude (laughs) Get the fuck out of here man I'm sure the listeners will love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I thought that was funny. Uh,
1: all right. Okay, all right. You ready? That, that is one of the shortest and weirdest after aftershows so weird. in a long time. Like, dude, almost none of that made sense or so had weird. really anything to do with anything. But that's okay. Be careful okay. of this charge. It might stop oh, charging. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's all right. Nothing happened. No, right. actually, okay. in fact, yeah. Okay. But if it stops... I'll be careful. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. <laughs> okay, I'm good.
0: Uh, all right. Ready? Three, two one